Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on the show, we have my friend Steve Agee. Steve is an actor and comedian, and today we're going to discuss the trials and tribulations of eating on a set. It can get really out of hand, guys, because they are pumping food to you 24-7. Steve and I discuss what to do when life throws you a curveball. If you're going down your path towards your goal, and all of a sudden you find yourself on another path. I'm really happy to have him here, and I hope you enjoy you can find Steve on Instagram at Steve Agee. Steve Agee. Agee. That's Ethan. what I said. You know what's funny is that's what I said. Agee. This uh, podcast has verified you, the pronunciation of your last name. Yes, I've known you for probably ten years, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's not a little, a little more. more. And every time I or someone around you has said, "How do you pronounce your last name?" Is it Supply or supply, you always say either one is fine. Yeah. You never say. But then supply. now I say it. Yes. And now I have to go on the record. Yes. Well, I think here's the problem. My mother and my father pronounced it differently. Oh. And I guess my mother was wrong because it initially was my father's name, but that's how that happened. So when somebody asked me, I'm like, whatever you want. I don't care. So for the record, it's supply. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. For the record, it it's AG. AG, that matters. Actually, it doesn't <laughs> and, matter. But it I does went matter. A whole year of school, I went to a new school and they were calling me a G, and I never once corrected them until graduation. And they were like, everyone, even friends I had made were like, what? Yeah, I feel like when we first met, I had some anxiety about how to pronounce your last name, and I was corrected. And then, it, and then, 
between that point and actually— Because you've been corrected, you're like, what was it corrected to? Yeah, and now I'm completely fucked. Do you remember where we met? I think it was at a one of Juliet's shows. Yeah, I think it was a benefit show that Sarah Silverman was performing yeah, at, and the, I went with her, and Juliet was also performing. The GLAAD Awards. No, Maybe. No, but I think I knew you already. Didn't no, we it was at, somewhere. At, with TJ Miller in like 2008 or 9? Maybe. At like a comedy show. That's my oh, memory. Oh, you might I, be right. I remember what you're talking about, um, and we were like backstage talking. Yeah. Um, which conjures the memory of... You talking about being a rock climber. I remember yes, that conversation be, yeah. backstage with Sarah Silverman somewhere. Yes. And you telling me about being a rock climber, which I find to be fascinating. Yeah. Until I had an accident. Right. Much like you and your bicycle. Yeah. Until it you doesn't have an take accident. much no. for you to be like, what am I crazy? Yeah. Why am I doing this? And also, I was in my 20s. So I was like, not as hyper aware of my mortality. Yeah. All it took was one fall to be like, oh, my God, I could die at any time. <laughs> took one fall where I tore my rotator cuff and dislocated my shoulder, broke a bunch of ribs, and then had to hike two miles to my car, which was a stick shift, and then drive with a dislocated oh, God. right arm to the doctors. That gave me a stomach sensation thinking about that. And then it was, you know— it was a long time of recovering, especially the rotator cuff. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll get back to this eventually. And Never again. Never. Yeah. Never. I did ride my bike again after my ba bad accident, but never with the same enthusiasm. Aggression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even close. And, it, and then it quickly, I got a job and was like, I'm not going to do this while I'm working. Yeah, this was all before I was even acting or anything. I was a musician, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was living out of my truck in Joshua Tree a lot of the time. Just, I would just pile a bunch of food in my truck and go camp and rock climb. I'd just meet people and climb with them, and it was awesome. I thought, this is probably what I'll do the rest of my life. Um, I looked into doing search and rescue because I also was a scuba diver, so I was like, I can— I can help people and I can do what I love doing. You're like a badass dude. Well, I'm like a Forrest Gump. I have all this weird background. And then I came to LA and uh, met a girl who's at the Groundlings. And I was like, oh, maybe this is what I want to do. <laughs> right. And then everything just went out the window. And I got a job in reality TV where I was sitting at a desk for 15 hours a day with a fully loaded kitchen right next to my office. And that was it. I was like almost 30. That's when my metabolism started to change. And like I, until I was 30, I could eat Del Taco, Burger King, McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning and still wake up fine. And like when I was at my height of rock climbing, I was like 215 pounds and I'm six foot seven. That's That shouldn't be what I weighed. Right. Like I should have been in my... Like maybe 240 or something. Like yeah. That. You were rail thin. I was rail thin. And um, and I, I, were, I have specific memories of my parents when I was younger going, oh, Steve's going to be skinny for his whole life. He can eat whatever he wants. And then I got a TV job and it was like overnight. Like I remember hanging out with a friend I hadn't seen in a while. And he's like, oh, putting on some weight. 
It's like, oh, I am. Oh, my God. I feel like the way they feed people on movie and television sets, they have to feed the grips and electric like that. Like, the grips and electric are basically exercising all day long. The workhorses. Yeah. Lifting shit, moving shit from one place to another. They, You never see them sitting down. If they do, it's for like a minute at a time. Yeah. They got to eat all day long. Yeah, yeah. You rarely see heavy. I mean, they're big, bulky guys, but not heavy. Right. Or overweight. They don't seem to they're be overweight. They're not morbidly obese. No. Yeah. But like guys like you and me who are mostly sitting waiting and then doing like a little burst of something, typically not that active for us. Yeah. I walk into a room. I'm like, Hey, who, who ate all the pizza? Cut. All right. And then I just go sit. And, and then it's you, it's you. Yes, yeah. you ate all I'm the, the pizza. I'm the one who ate all the right. pizza and Twizzlers. It's a bad combination. It was a terrible combination for me. I, I, I My first day on set, I didn't even understand that I was allowed to eat that food. I thought that was for, like, the, the real people that belong there, and I was, like, a people guest actor. Yeah. yeah. And so... When I saw other actors eating it, I was like, oh, am I allowed to eat that? And then, and then it was just all bets are off. Well, you know, I just wrapped a movie with John Cena. And at one point, I asked him about his diet because he's, he, was, he was a pro wrestler. He's massive, massive, dude. He is huge. And I've seen on Instagram, like, The Rock's cheat days where it's, like, two pizzas and, like, a meatball sub and like just all this junk. And so I asked Cena, I go, so, you know, do you ever go off the rails and get a cheat day? And he was like, nope. Wow. He, he eats the same thing like every day, like three egg omelet in the morning, a couple uh, protein shakes during the day, and then like some chicken or something at night. And he's like, he's like, why do you think I don't stick around between takes? He's like, I don't want to, even see craft services really he's like it's still decades later just like calling to him yeah so he bails and goes to his trailer well i mean th that's interesting all the like the major sports i followed cycling being the first sport that i was super interested in mm -hmm. all the ex-cyclists tend to get fat because they continue eating as though they're professional athletes. Yeah, yeah. They've been trained to eat a certain way, but they're not being professional athletes. So they all gain some weight. Right. And so I guess thinking about Cena, I mean, he was a professional athlete. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, athletic. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, if he wants to stay looking also like that. Also the parts he's booking are based on him being huge. Yeah. So he's got to keep it up. But it know? doesn't sound like he's eating a whole lot. To, you got to eat a whole lot to stay that huge. He must be eating a whole chicken at the end of the night. Oh, probably. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> I was honestly bummed that he wasn't cheating. Though. Yeah. I was, I was really bummed out. But I think I'm with you because when I I can sublimate my desires through the Rock's cheat day meals, which I watch almost religiously, right. and try to glean some, like, information, like, oh, if I can, he does this every week, and he's drinking secret? booze, and, like, he's yeah, living dude. it up. Um, that is kind of sad that Cena do doesn't do Do you do cheat days? They are extraordinarily rare. rare and it's never to the excess that the rock does like i i am really impressed with what he does i you know this but a year ago i hired a, a 
a trainer, Grant Roberts, who, yeah. who you you know. Um, he's the one who trained Kumail Nanjiani, who is now famous for posting a photo of his, his insanely lean, muscular body. Yeah. Um, I introduced the two of them. But a year ago, I was a couple months away from turning 50. And I was like, I don't want to turn 50 and then be like, midlife crisis, I got to make changes. I want to turn 50 already in the process of making the changes. So I had a couple friends who hired Grant because they just wanted to lose weight for their wedding. And they met Grant through Zach Levi, you know, who was Shazam. And he, by the way, his, he went from a pretty thin dude skinny, to Jack. Skinny rail of a guy to, to he's buff. He, yeah. And so uh, he recommended Grant to my two friends. They were already fairly in shape, but they had a wedding coming up. And uh, so I had them introduce me and I went in and I told them, I go, I don't want to get Zach Levi buff. I don't want to get Brad Pitt in Fight Club, which is generally what people say yeah. when they want to get ripped. It's always Brad Pitt in Fight Club. I mean, let's just break that down for a second. Sure. He had the the almost oh. perfect abs, the round shoulders. Yep. I think he held his posture in a way and they lit it perfectly for him. What's the weird V muscle below your abs? Well, we're told by my friend Michael Malice that that is the cum gutter. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I thought the <laughs> I thought the cum gutter was this line here between the abs. That's what no, I thought. It's like the V. It's the V on the sides. I and oh, it funnels everything right into it's, it's the bottleneck. Hey, see, it go. could be internal. The cum is moving internally down that way. I can't figure out the functionality of cum I've gutters. Heard that? Yeah, yeah. But that's what we're told. With I don't know what those two. Yeah. Right below the abs, pointing right to the groin. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, those, like. Yeah. And he wore his pants a little low. Low to show him. Yeah. I think that's the coolest shit. But I know that that is, that was a lot of work for him. That's a shitload of work to maintain. Yeah. And so, I don't, I'm a lazy person. I don't want to have to maintain something like that. I knew it would be impossible. So, I just told Grant, I want to, you know, I, at the time, was weighed I'm six foot seven. I probably was about 320 pounds. I was like, I would love to be like around 260, something like that, 250, 260, and just have definition. I don't need a fucking six pack. I would love to have one. Yeah. Just, I've been listening to your podcast and I know, you know, early on, you're like, I just want a six pack. That's it. And then I'll move on to something else. Yeah. But I was like, I just want definition. So, I worked out at at the Granite Gym, his place in Beverly Hills, for a few weeks while he fine-tuned a workout regimen for me. And this was in December of 2018. And we were going to do a diet as well, but this was the holidays. And he said to me, he goes, be honest with me. He's like, with the holidays coming up, will you be able to maintain a diet and not go off the rails? And I go, no. I go, I can't. Right. He goes, we'll start the diet after New Year's. Yeah. Which was great. But you can work out through it. Like, you, there's no problem with that. I was working out, and I was noticing, within two and a half weeks, I was noticing muscles. Like, I had very defined triceps, which I never have. Like, yeah. And Grant was always, he's like, Jesus Christ, look at your triceps. Yeah. I, and just little compliments like that keep you going. And, uh, in fact, I was 
I was thinking, I was like, maybe I don't tell Ethan, you look fucking great. Cause he probably hears it all the time right now. But when I had lost a bunch of weight, I fucking loved hearing that. Yeah. It's a, it's an affirmation. It's, it's great. It's awesome. And so we, we, we got the workout and then, you know, that I needed three days a week. And, uh, he said, this is all you need. We videotape me doing each day, each day's exercises. He said, just take this, go to your gym and do this at your gym three days a week. He's like, you don't need me anymore, which I thought was great because a lot of trainers will be like, all right, yeah, drag you on you for two be years. In here every day. And so then we, uh, we started a version of the keto diet. And um, once we started that, the weight, like, like I lost like 18 pounds in a couple of weeks. A lot of it at first, obviously, was water. But um, I felt great. I was addicted to working out within weeks. Yeah. Once I got over feeling like shit, the first, the first two weeks working out with him, I thought I was going to puke constantly. I thought I was going to pass out constantly. And then once you get past that hump, it's addicting. Well, I think, though, too, because I don't, I very rarely Push. see him. But no, but like I know in the beginning, it's kind of almost hard to to push yourself to the point where you may be gonna puke, especially yeah. in the gym with weights and and if you don't know what you're doing and you're like gonna do a bench press, yeah. how heavy do you go without somebody helping you? It's I think it is super beneficial to train with somebody who's gonna push you, especially at the beginning when you don't know what your limit is. But then I think that's really smart that he sent you off to do it on your own. Yeah, and um, and I was doing amazing. Like, I was into it. And and as far as keto goes, the first five days were absolute hell. You know, I had to detox, and um, that was really weird because I would literally wake up. As soon as I would open my eyes, those first five days, my brain would be like, Oreo cookie and cream blizzard would be amazing. <laughs> I hadn't had one of those in 20 years, but my brain is just like, Hey, what about this? Yeah. Hey, like all I could think about was what I wanted to eat, what I wasn't eating. Even though on this diet grant had me on, I was eating as much as I wanted. Like I could eat as much protein as I wanted, as much vegetables as I wanted. And I would do that. And I was never hungry, but I constantly had cravings. Yeah. And then on like the sixth or seventh day, I woke up and it was all gone. Literally every meal was just for fuel. I wasn't like, hmm, maybe I should. It was just like, give me some eggs and, you know, some steak. Give me, like, it was amazing. And then you're just, yeah, that, I, th I think I experienced that too on keto where you just, you're eating. And then you're just not hungry and your body's not demanding food. Uh. And then when it does and you eat, it kind of, it, you have a better reg. I had a better regulator. Yeah. On keto. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the word by the time, by the time I hit my 50th birthday, which was in February, I'd lost like 30 pounds, was feeling great, was really stoked. And then, uh, I went to your, my urologist cause I was having some back pain and he's like, you have a massive kidney stone, Fuck. um, which I've had them for years. I maybe pass one like every two or three years, pass them on my own. I have a very high pain threshold. So it's once I feel that stabbing pain in my, my back, I'm like, well, the next three or four hours are going to suck, but I just chug water and force it out and I'm fine. 
He's like, you're not going to pass this one. We have to do surgery. Oh. And I was like, what does that involve? And he's like, we got to go in through your dick hole with, oh, God. with ah. a camera and a laser and break it up and then pull it out. And then we're going to leave a stent in your ureter, which is the tube from your kidney to your bladder. To keep it wide enough? To keep it open because the trauma of that stuff going in there will make it want to swell shut, which is just as bad as the kidney stone. And so they did it. They left the stent in me. And they're like, you can't do anything strenuous for like a month. Mm -hmm. Don't go to the gym. And I was like, what? This is heart. This is heartbreaking. Yeah, for me too. I was like, wait, but I'm I'm like doing great right now. This is this is really gonna fuck me up. Not realizing just how much it would fuck me up because within a week, I was so depressed. I was just laying on the couch watching TV. Like the most I could do was just slowly walk around. And um, at one point, about a week and a half in, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna order a pizza." I need something to make me happy. Nothing is making me happy right now. And then I got that pizza and it was done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. Like, I was like, oh, that was good. Yeah. And then for like a day, I'm like, I haven't really gained any weight. What's next? I'm going to get fucking Shake Shack. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, where'd that 30 pounds? Oh, it's all right back on me, you know? Yeah. I have, I I have a, a nightmare slash fantasy about, just this is very topical but like we're gonna be quarantined but dominoes will probably remain open you know <laughs> for sure feeding america so we sure. gotta eat something yeah. and then is that i mean it's terrible it's scary it's like gonna it could potentially unravel everything but at the same time there's yeah. part of me going will they have ranch dressing that i can dip my crust <sighs> in you know what i mean like yeah. this could be a lot of fun yeah so i mean that was that was it and then uh and then they took the stent out that was a whole other thing they they pulled that thing out while you're awake too which is and once it's out there's no fear of the collapse of that tube enough time went by but that was the worst part literally the surgery is like you're asleep it's literally i go into the operating room and then the anesthesiologist is injecting me she's like this anesthesia will work really fast. In fact, you probably won't hear me finish this set. Done. And then all of a sudden, I open my eyes. I'm in another room. The surgery's over. Everything's fine. Yeah. And then after, you know, a month or whatever, they're like, all right, we have to make an appointment for you to come get this thing out. And I'm looking online. And I'm like, wait a minute. They do this while I'm awake? <laughs> like, they go in. That was the absolute... Most traumatic thing in my life was going into the doctor's office. It wasn't even in a hospital. It was in his office. And I had been reading online all these stories. So I was like, I'm really nervous about, I'm terrified about this. They're going in through my penis to take out this long fucking cord. This is going to hurt. I I, mean, just the the gown and just the touching and the stirrups. (laughs) You are in stirrups. (laughs) I have a whole new respect for women. That's so vulnerable. Oh, dude. I walked. First of all, I get to the doctor's office a little a little bit early and I sit in my car and I smoked an entire joint. I was like, I don't want to feel anything. So I smoked a whole joint. 
I walked in. The nurse immediately at the desk could tell I was shitting my pants. She's like, she's like, are you nervous? And I was like, yeah. She goes, look, we booked out a half an hour for this appointment. It'll be over in three minutes. Oh. <clears throat> she's like, it's nothing. I'm like, okay. She's like, follow me. And she takes me into a room, and there is a table with stirrups. And I, my head was like, of course. <laughs> How else of could course. they do it? Yeah. I would not have thought that at all. She goes, take off your pants, put on this gown. She's like, nothing below the waist. Put your feet in the stirrups. I was like, oh. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Oh, no. That was out the door the second I walked in. And uh, so I do it, and they like put like a blanket over your knees. <laughs> I just remember there was... Uh, a window like next to the table and I could see a park across the street and I was just the whole time trying to meditate and focus on people playing and enjoying the park and uh, the doctor still had not come in and uh, I go you're not doing this right <laughs> she goes no I'm not taking it out or she's like I'm not taking it out but I'm going to numb you up <laughs> like this is all just worst case scenario for me and so she puts on some gloves, grabs this thing that looks like a glue gun, and the end is tapered. It goes into a little point. And she takes my penis and puts the point inside my penis, and pulls then- the trigger, and within a split second, fills me with just this gel that, like, I'm 50. I've only ever felt stuff going out, <laughs> never the opposite way. So it's numbing gel, so it doesn't hurt, but it's really disconcerting. Yeah. Feeling a rush of like a liter of gel go up into your abdomen. With like a caulking gun. Basically, yeah. Yeah, caulking gun, no pun intended. Wow. And I literally out loud just went, oh. And she's like, relax. He's like, it's over. She's like, it's numb. And then the doctor comes in. He's like, all right, let's take this thing out. Like, he's so cavalier about it. He's like, oh, let's get this thing out of you. And he grabs another, like, it's like this op- fiber optic camera that's, like, really long and slender. And then another, like, fiber optic thing with, like, a, a grabs all kind of to, to pull it two, out. Two, two things. Th- and are they mi- are they filaments? Are they microscopically They're thin? not as thin as you would want them to be. <laughs> I want them to be like spider's webs. No, dude. And like you could see them from across the room. And I go, how are you going to fit those inside of me? And he reaches down and he goes, with this. And he pulls out a pipe that is (laughs) as big around as my thumb. As big around as my thumb. This big. Are you getting this on camera? (laughs) And it's like a, a fucking stainless steel ceramic type pipe. And he goes, I'm going to get him in there with this. And he grabs my dick and just foomp, oh pushes that thing God. way up inside this. Me. I never want this. <laughs> Drink water, dude. Drink lots of water. And then he goes in. He finds he finds, the, finds the tools he left inside of you. He finds the, uh, the, the, the little thing that he left inside me and... And he's like, all right, I found it. And I thought it was going to be like, all right, we're going, pulling. He pulled it like he was starting a lawnmower. Just, vroom, here it is. And it was like, I have a picture I'll show you eventually. But it was, it looked like an iPhone charging cable. Oh That's how thick it was. It was as thick as like a charging cable. 
That and I felt so violated, and it was so disturbing. He's like, all right, you can leave. And, like, he walks out. The nurse walks out. And I'm, like, slowly putting on my pants like like something horrible just happened. And I saw the thing in the tray, and I, like, picked it up to take a photo, and I couldn't smile. I was just like, I look so disturbed in the photo. And then I had to go sit in my car for like 45 minutes just processing what had just happened. Yeah, and that derailed everything. Yeah, that little, well, it wasn't little, but that. That hiccup. That thing inside me. Like, right. Yeah. That and then is. I was like, well, I'm going to do this movie now in Atlanta, this yeah. superhero movie. I've got the summer to get everything back, and I just never did. And once we started, I was like. Catering's too good on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that is a that is a legit problem sometimes. Like a little indie movie, it's easy to bring your own food or not eat that shit. Although I gotta say, on the movie, it was so well catered that I did eat better than usual. I didn't gain any more weight on this movie. Like I was was really good about sticking to protein and a lot of steak or fish and broccoli. Yeah beans and um so i was pretty good about that and then we finished we spent almost a month in panama which the food situation down there is really sketchy and i'm really paranoid about getting like foodborne illnesses and traveler's diarrhea so i once i found a place to eat that had like solid food i 80 percent of my meals were rotisserie chicken and like red beans and rice yeah that was fine. I, mean, I I definitely lost lost weight while we were in Panama. Yeah, I was with a buddy in Egypt a long time ago, and he, and we kept getting traveler's diarrhea, and it was really bumming me out. And he was stoked. He was like, "No, no, we get this. We can eat whatever we want. It's just going right through us. Like <laughs> oh, it's not nothing oh. staying." And I I don't think that's really the way so it works. Weak, though, yeah, it's too. not fun. I started, before we even went down, I just bought a bunch of probiotics. And so every day I would take probiotics. And uh, someone in the hair department said they told their doctor they were worried. And he was like, go buy a box of that um, Pepto-Bismol chewable tablets. And he's like, every morning just eat one of those tablets, chew one of those tablets. And, and it'll be coat your stomach and catch bacteria or And I, there was, I think, one or two days that I had like, an upset stomach. I still didn't get diarrhea, but my stomach was a little crampy. And those were days when I didn't take my probiotics. Right. Yeah. Right. Fuck. I know. I mean, I, I, we all need to like take the stress out of that story. (laughs) Well, I just want to say, you mentioned, I have a whole new respect for women. Women are in stirrups at least once a year if you're getting your regular exams and sometimes more often or whatever. And it's weird because that's such a that's just normal of people to be talking to you and so vulnerable inside you and whatever and hands inside of you. Sorry, just saying like, yeah, you know, so it doesn't I mean, it shouldn't be painful and it shouldn't be whatever. That shouldn't be painful. It sounds like you're giving a sex talk. No, (laughs) I'm just saying what you're describing sounds awful. It, it never hurt, but it, yet at one, not at one point did it hurt. It was good. just foreign and awkward and embarrassing and vulnerable and upsetting. Yeah. yeah, it was. And the whole time I was like, I should be drinking more water so I don't get these fucking kidney stones. Because that's really what, you know, it's your kidneys are filters. Think of them like a coffee filter. If you keep pouring water into them, it, they keep filtering when you stop drinking water, 
the minerals and stuff mm. start building up in the filter and forming little stones. Mm. And it's just as easy. Some people, it's chronic and hereditary. They're different types. But for me, it's, you know, it's from not drinking enough water. I don't like water. Well, the uh, okay, fine, but clearly drinking water, you can't have as much disdain for water as you did for that experience. I don't experience. anymore. I, right. I'm always, for every coffee I drink, and that was my doctor was like, he's like, you can still drink coffee. He's like, but just drink as much water. So yeah. it's just one for one. Sure, yeah. Right. That's pretty, that's pretty easy. It's easy. Yeah, you can implement that. I just have always hated water. Like, I remember once I went to the emergency room because I, I was at a gas station, and I dropped my keys as I was getting out of my car, and I bent over to pick them up. And when I stood up, I almost passed out, and my heart started racing, but it didn't slow back down. It just kept racing. So I went to the uh, emergency room at St. Joseph's in Burbank, and I walked in. This was like a Sunday, so it was packed, and there was a line to check in, and I, I get in line, and I'm, like, freaking out. And a woman comes, and she's doing, like, triage. She's like what are you here for? What are you here for? And she gets to me. I go, it's, it's my heart. And she's like, follow me. Like they don't fuck around. So anyone that's wants the... to get in say, it's your fucking heart. Right. They don't mess around with that. Right. So I go in, they do a bunch of tests. They take blood, they EKG. And then I'm waiting and waiting. And the doctor finally comes up and he looks at my chart. And he, he goes, when was the last time you had water? Really? Yeah. And I had to think, I go, Oh, I go, maybe a day and a half ago. He's like, what are you drinking? I'm like, a coffee. He goes, dude, you have to drink water. He's like, you're severely dehydrated. He goes, we can keep you in here and give you an IV of liquids. That'll cost more money. Or you can leave here right now, go to CVS and get a, a bottle of Pedialyte. And I, went, I did that. And, and that'll do it. Within two hours, I was like, I felt like a superhero. Yeah. Wow. I I have a wife who just constantly tells me to drink water and that's really but I would I think on my own I would probably not drink enough water. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like all day coffee, but your wife does that to me. She just hands me water. Yeah. When's the last time you had water? I'm trying to be better, but it's I'm yeah. the same way. Like yeah. LaCroix helps now. Yeah. Um uh you know, I'll I'll put lemon in my water. Just anything that it's just like drinking salad. It's like there's no <laughs> taste. It's so weird to me. Like I don't, unless it's too late and I'm already dehydrated, you know that feeling? And then you feel and better. And then you start to drink a bottle of water and you're like, oh my God. Look, 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 look. Yeah. And you can't stop. You're like, this is the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. I wish water tasted like that to me every single time. Yeah. I, that, I, that, I know that physical reaction and that is kind of rare. Yeah. Like you have to be dehydrated you're dehydrated. Um. I also now carrying around Pedialyte makes these little packets, kind of like emergency, and you just put it in. So I, I carry those around. I drink those a lot, too. Are they sugar-free? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I love Pedialyte. I've I've only had it a couple of times, but I, I it was when I severely needed it, and the change is, like, it really kicks quick. the shit out of Gatorade. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely less sugar and uh, sodium than yeah. Gatorade because it's for babies. Yeah, That's... and it ta it ta it doesn't have as much of like that artificial <laughs> taste. Yeah, and it, and like it just or it just helps. Yeah. yeah, 
I'm a big fan of Pedialyte. And then there's like a healthy version of Pedialyte, which I looked at the nutritional values. They're all the same, same as Pedialyte, but it says organic. Get them as a sponsor. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea. Noted. But we should do the healthy one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, whatever yeah. that is. 365 organic you should just Pedialyte. Just water as a sponsor. Just yeah. like some, you know, company. <laughs> right. But it would be the, I bet it would Smart be the water, the water that Coke owns, you know, or Pepsi owns. Yeah. The, whatever that water is. Ugh. Smart water is the water I like. I, I don't like know if it's because it has like too. a bit of an electrolyte in it or whatever, but that's the one I can drink and not. My yeah, kids are super snobbish about their water. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'll drink whatever water. I generally it is. am the same way, but it, I was at a dinner like last year and just all of a sudden everyone was fighting over what the best bottled water was. My friend was like, Oh, fuck Dasani, man. That tastes like shit. I'm like, <laughs> It tastes like shit. It's like water. It something's like wrong with your taste buds if water tastes like shit yeah. to you. I will say my wife is real particular about water. Not quite with that, with the branding. Yeah. But we were oh we had uh glass bottles, giant glass bottles delivered to our house for oh, like years and years. Yeah, yeah. And it was fine. And then at some point, I caught wind of what those cost. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, are you insane? You're paying for the glass. It's this is it's not even the water. This is, you're paying for the glass. Yes, it's bizarrely expensive. Yeah. And I started drinking tap water as like a strike against this fancy bottled water. And within a day or two, I had a sore throat. And it did not taste good. Tap water did no, not you taste good. Say, tap, it, bottled waters all taste pretty similar to me. Tap water, you definitely notice yeah. the difference. Yeah, but I'm with you. Tap water, I mean, bottled water, I can't tell the difference between one or another. Yeah. I can with sparkling water. LaCroix yeah. has a nice bu- bubble. What's your favorite LaCroix? Uh, it's grapefruit, but it's French. So Pepplemousse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that's, that a, that's a good one. Me too. I have a kid that likes coconut, which I think tastes like sunscreen. Like oh. it's offensively bad, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And, and she will throw it in the cart and it actually f- kind of frustrates me. <laughs> I don't want to support it. Yeah. yeah it beats her throwing a Coke right. Dr. Pepper in the cart. Yeah. Well, that would get thrown right out of the cart. She knows that. <sighs> miracle noodles and coconut flavored LaCroix. What are miracle noodles? Miracle noodles are made with kelp and they approximate noodles in a visual sense they don't really taste like much but then whatever sauce you put on them you can pretend it's just a texture thing texture is nothing like pasta at all oh really it's it's uh, got it's supposed to be like a pasta i'm thinking like glass noodles or something yeah maybe it looks more like a glass noodle but i i mean it could the texture is probably closer to a glass noodle than it is to a regular pasta it's Um, kelp it's Kelp, I believe. Does it have that seaweed taste that I can't. There is a weird uh, uh, sea vibe to it. (laughs) I I don't, and, but so (laughs) when I've had it, I've had to rinse it multiple times and then cook it until it's totally dry. Wow. Which is like probably overcooking it. And then I didn't notice that taste. But like if you just open the package and smell it, yeah, it'll. You you won't want to eat it. That bums me out. It, I wish I liked stuff like that. Like I have friends who are like 
get that dry seaweed that they snack on. Yeah. And I all, every time I'll try it, they're like, "You want some?" Because it sound I like the crunchy sound. Yeah. It looks cool, but the second I there's a split second when you start to eat it, you're like, "Oh," and then after about two or three seconds, you're like, "Ugh." Yeah. It's like the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't mind seaweed on sushi. And then if this stuff, musubi, which is spam and rice and seaweed that you can get in Hawaii, I like seaweed. But other than that, I think it's pretty pointless. I wish I could eat sushi. I just can't get, not into it. Can't get past it. Juliet is not into it either. I which know. We I just listened discovered. to that episode. You guys were talking yeah. about that. I, it's... I had no idea. I've known her for 20, 30 years, and I, I never knew that. But I'll go to a sushi place because there's always options. Like there's skewers or something. Right. Um, Will you eat eel? That's cooked with sauce. I don't. I've no. never tried it. It doesn't. It's just the fact that you that it's say eel. it's eel, <laughs> right? But it is. It does taste a little bit like chicken teriyaki. Like it's grilled, and then they put some kind of teriyaki sweet sauce on it. I could probably do it. That was my entryway to sushi. Really? Yeah. Eel. Yeah. It's nothing like sushi. Right. No, it's cooked fish and rice. It's and cooked it's fish sweet. with sweet sauce. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. could probably do it. Yeah. When I moved here from Chicago as a teenager, um, first of all, hadn't heard of sushi. Yeah. Um, and it was just becoming a thing here in LA. And all my friends were ordering yellowtail and just all this raw fish. And I just couldn't understand it. And that's what I would eat was the eel because it was the only thing that was cooked. Now I'll eat anything, but. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to that place in Tokyo? The uh... Yeah. The underground, in, this, like in the, the subway. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah, it's great. I don't know what half the shit was. The dude didn't speak English, which was fine. I had friends who were so grossed out. I had one, <laughs> and they wound up with shit in their pockets. Like they just oh, yeah, would yeah. take it and stick shit because the they didn't want to offend them. Yeah, and they didn't want to send it back or not eat it. But they were they would look at it and go, not gonna eat that, and just put it in a napkin and put it in their and pocket. And you eat everything? Yeah. It was good. Very good. I've never been I you know, at some point in my life I got really interested in food. And at that point, there is pretty much nothing off limits. Like I wow. bugs in China. I went to a place called Carnivore in South Africa that was all bush meat. Jesus Christ. You're like James Gunn. James is a he will eat anything. Yeah. He will try anything. I'm like such a picky eater. Like I have so many issues. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And not just based on taste, but like texture yeah. or just the way something looks, just the way something smells. If some, something smells in a room like kimchi, my dad used to love kimchi. He would always bring it home, open it in the kitchen, and I could smell it upstairs. And I was like, oh, and then I found out that, you know, it's proper kimchi is like something that's buried in the ground for like a month. I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? It's rotten, spoiled food. Yeah. I can't do that. I've never even tried but that. Kimchi. You know, that's what probiotics are. Yeah. But it's that they, bacteria that develops. Yeah. But it, there's no smell to probiotics. No. It's a little They're pill that I can take. Encapsulated. I wonder if they smell if you open them up. Probably not. Yeah. I, I can't eat pickles because anything they touch <laughs> tastes like pickles. <laughs> right. It's like I, I said recently, pickles are contagious. Like if they're touching my fries, I will... I can't eat any of the fries that were touching the pickles. Right. And God forbid they're like super watery in the water. So <laughs> that is so gross. Yeah. There's just foods that it, it, it makes no sense, but I'm like, I'm just a comfort food guy. Yeah. Like, ugh, potatoes. And I like a potato. Potatoes good. Yeah. Steak, potato, barbecue, just there's a place in cheese. Oh. there's a place in Paris that serves something, and I'll never say it right, but it's potatoes with herring and oil, and you would be so grossed out because they bring you a bucket that's basically communal, like the dish. You order this dish, it's in a bucket. You just like <laughs> scoop it out. It's the fish. The herring is in the bucket. Does it smell like fish? Yes. No, nope, I can't. I wouldn't even be able to be in that restaurant. <laughs> you could bring me barbecue, but if I could smell that fish, I would be out. able to eat the barbecue. Yeah, I was listening to. It might have been the episode with Juliet where you ta- you were talking about being in Rome with Roberto Benini. Yes, and him like this is the best spaghetti. You have to eat this spaghetti. Yeah, and in my head, I was like, you got to go back now and eat know. that spaghetti. I know I should because I eat spaghetti now. Yeah, I don't. I I could probably find out where we were too, and you I could hope easily that, that do place that. is open. I would do that. I would go with you. Maybe not now because not, we're not allowed especially to Especially in Italy. But <laughs> right. When all this blows over. Well, let's go. Let's go eat pasta. I would pasta. love to. I've never even been to Italy. I Here's the really, tra- I mean, tragic. My life is tragic because I won't get to eat this pasta. But I was, I was we had a trip booked. There was a wedding in Italy that got officially canceled today. And for the last two weeks, we've been talking to our friend going, we're not going to this, right? Like, this isn't going to happen. And they were like, well, hold on, hold on. Let's see what happens. Whole country gets shut down. He's still telling us, wait, wait, we may still go. And finally, Brandy was like, I I don't care what they say. I'm canceling everything. So we had canceled, but um, I had a whole food tour of Rome planned for I want to go, man. I, yeah. I've never been to Italy. I pasta is my weakness. I sugar I could do without. Yeah, I really could go without sugar easily. I could 
but like pasta for some reason. Yeah. And they do, it is savory stuff for me. I found it to be different. Me too. I'm, I'm for sure more of a savory. I'd rather eat a cheeseburger or a bowl of pasta than a dessert any day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they do, you know, it's, it's better there. Yeah. I have a real issue. Like even when I was doing keto, with Grant, he was like, for the first couple weeks, he goes, for the first two weeks, he goes, I need you to be as strict as you can. Like, just stick to protein. I don't even think I was having anything but protein for two weeks. He's like, this is not the diet. He goes, I just want to see how your body reacts just with the protein. And then afterwards, how it reacts when we start introducing stuff back. He's like... This is not a maintainable, just protein only. He's like, that's ridiculous. He's like, but we're going to go just protein for two weeks. But let me ask you this. In that, he's not, it's not lean protein. No. Like you can have any kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. And, um, and I just remember marking on my calendar when the two weeks was up and like, and he's like, we're going to add carbs in. And I was just like. It's like, you know, 40 or 50 carbs a day or something like that. And, and then he's like, and, and then after like, I think it was something like another week or two, he's like, then on the weekends, he's like, he's like, we can't call it a cheat day. He's like, it's the whole weekend. He's like, but you can go up to 200 carbs a day. Yeah. Which for me at that t- time, I was like, oh my God, that's like, I was like, that sounds so huge. But in reality, it's like a slice of pizza or like, so once you get to that point, you're like, you really have to decide what you want those carbs to be. Because I was in my head thinking, oh my God, I'm going to eat a whole pizza. Like, and then I started doing the math. I was like, ugh, 200 carbs. But I was like making lists leading up to that of what I wanted my first carbs to be. Well, let me just say as another plug to a hopeful, I I have a dream of having this sponsor one day, Schmidt's old timey 647 bread, which is the most, my favorite thing ever because it's 40 calories a slice. If you ever do that again, because you could practically eat half a loaf of bread with their bread, and it tastes like the greatest really? bread ever. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Bub and Grandma's magical bread course, with a obviously. starter that lives in some somebody's cellar. It's it's like store bought processed bread, but it is fluffy and magical bread. Where do you get it online? Yes, and it only is available on the East Coast, so it's, you can't get Amazon Prime. And what? They, yeah, it's it's a disaster. But so I order like a ton of loaves at a time because it also so you t- could have someone on the east coast send it yes. to amazon if you know anybody in baltimore if there's anybody in baltimore who listens to this and wants to be my buddy and <laughs> do you know Derek waters no uh, the guy john related drunk to john? history oh really he yeah, lives he started, in baltimore he's from baltimore he has like a ton of family in baltimore we gotta we gotta get some shipping lines some 647 because i'll just give him a fedex number and just have him ship me giant bags of bread and freeze them. <laughs> when I was that. in Atlanta, I had people, I didn't know that there was regional specific food that you can't ship on Amazon. Yeah. I had a friend <clears throat> who was like, he's like, it's my wife's birthday. When we were shooting a movie in, Am- in uh, Atlanta, she fell in love with this. Um, uh, what's the, co- it's the, the company they make 
ginger ale. They're famous for ginger. Schweppes? Vernon's? No, it might have been Schweppes. No, but it's along the lines of, you see it everywhere, their ginger ale. But he's like, they make a blackberry ginger ale. That you can't, you get, can't get out here. Yeah. And I go, why don't you just order it on Amazon? He's like, I can't. Yeah. But because I was living in Atlanta and it was my billing address, I was able to buy it and sh- just ship it to him. Yeah. And they were just like, more, more, <laughs> yeah. more. That's how I feel about Schmidt's bread. But anyway, I wouldn't, you don't need to do it now. But if you ever, because on stuff like where you're watching your carbs, but you're allowed carbs, yeah, it's like, I know what you're saying when you get down to it. And look, I think 200 grams of carbs is a bit more than a slice of pizza. It, it's, it's a few. You know, it's yeah. a few nice bowls of rice or cups of rice, but. Oh, I went, I always ended up choosing just potatoes with, yeah. with my breakfast. But it's know. still, it's not, it's not carbs with every meal. It's still limited And he carbs. was also like, you can only, he's like, only do that if you're still working out on Monday. Right. He's like, if you're not going to the gym on Monday, don't do this over the weekend. Yeah. You, you have to. I've talked to him about this diet and we have, it's not quite carb cycling because when i read about carb cycling that's a little bit different but he does have a very specific diet that he explained to me once that i wouldn't want to bastardize but it sounds like that high fat during the week and then high carb over the weekend to kind of refuel the carb depletion yeah and it worked amazing i mean look at kumail yeah he looks awesome (laughs) kumail was way off the rails like i mean he was working out like four hours a day he was doing stuff with grant where they were putting electrodes on it have you do you know about this stuff i've where, seen it I've where they're like it. shocking your muscles as you're doing reps yeah and Kamel was like it's amazing how much more you can lift while that's going on he's like you can feel it it's almost like a robot's doing it for you yeah and yeah was, i talked to Kamel about abs and he was like you gotta you gotta do that on your abs like while you're crunching and do the electrodes and stuff and I'm I was a little scared. A little scared. This sounds that. like a don't try this at home disclaimer. Yeah, no, no, I'm not doing that on my own. But with a dude like Grant, yeah. I would do it or go to some place where, you know, you, you're in a laboratory and they shock your abs and make them bigger. How that great is his awesome. gym, too, by the way? So good. Ugh. So After good. two weeks working out with him there, like three days a week, I was like, I got to go to a regular ass gym now. I try not to spoil myself. So I'll see Grant three or four times a year yeah it's so far from my house that it winds up just being this insanely long thing and then i also the gym i go to every day is a little bit dirty yeah and the you know the stuff's got rust on it so i feel like if if it was like (laughs) the the nicest prison gym that could exist is the gym I work out, and somehow it's like I Rocky feel, when he yeah. when he went back to his roots and was working out in a disgusting gym and chasing chickens and lifting That's right. chunks of wood. Yeah, you kind of there's a sense of pride in that. I just want to win the lottery and get a house and then build a gym in the backyard or something. Me too. Ugh. That's all I want. Like Ugh. that's another thing that I covet of the rocks. His cheat meal and his gym. Oh, it's insane. It's empty. You just walk 10 feet across your yard and you're yeah. there. It's so good. You don't have to wait for someone to finish doing reps to, can I uh, yeah. get in here? You don't have to worry about DNA contamination. No. There's no coronavirus in the rocks, no. gym. 
it's almost like my disdain for public toilets. Ugh. It's the same thing that I have to psych myself or I had to initially. And now it's just like, well, no, this is what we do. We all touch this thing and we all sweat on it, which was fine when I felt like I'm going on being dirty and I'm like Rocky in the, <laughs> in the gutter, you know, yeah, rust yeah. and stuff. And yeah. now it's like, well, this can kill you. Yeah, I don't want that. I mean, it probably won't kill us, but I, no. have, I have family who are immune suppressed. So I right. like... It's more for them that I'm being careful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm generally careful, you know, without a virus. Like I, I have, you know, I'm very neurotic. I used to be a hypochondriac. I think I'm just neurotic right now. Um, but I always, you know, I walk into a store, I pull my long sleeve over my hand and I open it. It's even better as if it's a push a yeah. push door and I, I reach up as high as I can to push because I know short people Nobody's aren't gonna touch that. up there. Yeah. I have my tricks. Yeah. I always I do that too. I aim for some spot that I just go, this spot's unused. Yep. Or if you see somebody walking in ahead of you, you rush in to like yeah. catch it, it with without, your foot. Yeah. Oh. The best. Yeah. To me it was like, oh yeah, I won't touch my face. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, now my nose itches. <laughs> I got to, you know, yeah. I, I tend to use my, you know, my wrist when I touch my face. The other day, two days ago, I was like, I think I got a pretty cool plan. I will use my left hand to touch my face <laughs> and like my right hand to touch shit in public, open doors and do this. <laughs> and then as soon as I thought of this plan, I was in my car going to run errands. I'm like, this is actually genius. And then I get out of my car and I'm walking. And I'm like, oh, I got to get my wallet. And then I. I'm like switching hands with everything. Oh, yeah, I put my keys and they're like, that'll be $20 and you get your wallet out. And it's like, this is just down the drain. Yeah, the contamination factor from one hand to the other is too great. I, yeah. I had a bottle of Purell in, my, in the right side pocket of my jacket. And then I did something similar to that. But when I had to reach it with my left hand because my right hand was contaminated, I couldn't get to it. And by the time I got to it with my right hand, I realized that you just contaminated. I contaminated the Purell. The, we can't win this battle, Steve. No, you just got to just be care as careful as you can, and yeah, hope you right. don't get it. And if you do get it, hope it's not bad. And yeah, I I have Purell in my car, and I get in, and I immediately use it. And now I've become more aware of how, like. I'm now touching my keys that are dirty and my phone app. Like we can't, win. you can't win, man. You can't win. I, my in within my fantasy, we have however many confirmed cases of people who thought I might have this. Right. And then I'm just hoping that 300 million people have it and are exhibiting no symptoms. That's my little fantasy yeah. that I'm living in. That's what I hope it is. And so we don't need 50 million people to die from this. I saw an interview with a guy who was on one of those cruise ships who tested positive, And he was like, he's like, they came by, they tested all of us. He's like, I felt fine. I tested positive. So they put me in seclusion. He goes, there was one day where I had a fever for about four hours He's like, I have a slight cough, dry cough. It's not even coughing stuff up. It's just a, <coughs> and he's like, and that was it. Right. He's like, that was the coronavirus for me. But then I have a friend, Dave, 
who uh, a couple days ago texted me. He's like, dude, I just Skyped with a friend of mine in Berlin who has it. And he couldn't even have the lights on. He's so sensitive to light. He's had 103 fever for a week. Oh, He's like laid out in bed, like really sore, like the flu. He's like, it's, he's like, he sounded horrible. Right. I was like, I don't, that's not the one I want. No, I want the, the cruise guys. Yeah, I want the strain. The six hour yeah. slight fever. Right. Like if we all have to get it, that's the way I want it. Um, I guess we have no choice over that. No. <laughs> I really offer the don't. easy COVID-19. Yeah. How do we, I, I also part of me is at a point where I'm like, I just want to find someone who definitely has it. Let them cough in my face and get this fucking over with. Yeah. No, I've been thinking about that too. I remember as a kid, which I don't think happens anymore. Uh, chicken pox parties. Oh yeah. You remember this? I think they do still happen. Okay. I suddenly was thinking about this and like, no, somebody would be outraged and we're, you know, you don't want to let your kid get chicken pox. You're supposed to keep them away and we're going to get social services on you. And all of like, I got uh, scared when I started thinking about chicken pox parties and how f- like free lovish our parents were. But I went to a chicken pox party and then had chicken pox. Yeah. Let's have, this is maybe super irresponsible. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's I, definitely irresponsible. Like, I don't know, but I feel the same way you do. Like if we're all going to get it, Let's fucking get it and get it over with. Yeah, I would like to get it, but then sit in a hotel room by myself for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Let it run its course and then and uh, I can't afford to pass it on to anybody. Right. No, I guess I, I, I take it back. I don't I don't They did a whole episode of South Park on the chicken pox parties where the kids found out. They're like you knew about this? Like they felt so betrayed that yeah. they're you exposed they're, us to an infectious disease. What the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. I thought you were on my side. Right. Now and now I'm worried about uh shingles because of chickenpox. Well, yeah, so I had chicken everybody I know had chickenpox. None of my kids had chickenpox. Not one of them. Is there a vaccination for chickenpox? I guess maybe I don't sure. know. Yeah, I think maybe they I got a I vaccination. Think there was for when it. we were kids. That's when no. we get chickenpox. Yeah, but there is a vaccination now for shingles, right? Which apparently you should get when you're like fifty or sixty. Okay. Um, I was vaccinated as a kid for measles when I was seventeen. I got measles. Really? I still got it. But if you looked at the worldwide deaths, still a shitload more people die in the world today of measles. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what is your access to medicine? What is your access to water? Like measles isn't killing people in America. Now, that could be somebody could say, well, it made three people blind and that's tragic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 25,000 people will starve to death today. 25,000 people starved to death yesterday. 25,000 people will starve to death tomorrow. That's a that's a very easily solvable problem that nobody's working to solve. 500 no, 600,000 people will die of heart disease in America this year. I don't know if that's as easily a solvable problem, but that's a lot of people dying of heart disease and it's linked incredibly to our diet. Oh, I I've always thought well, not always, but in, in my more advanced years, I've thought that fast food should just be fucking illegal. It's it's wild. But it's so cheap. Like, yeah. 
the times, you know, when I first started acting where I was, it was really lean times and I didn't have money, I could still go get a goddamn cheeseburger for 79 cents. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, get chicken or a steak or like good, even like salad for, yeah. for that much money. No way. And now as time progresses, it should have gotten more expensive, but it's actually less. You could probably get a double cheeseburger now for 79 sure, cents or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that, or two cheeseburgers. Yeah. It, it is yeah, delicious, right? Uh, have you ever had Burgers Never Say Die? No. It's my favorite. What's that? It's a new, newish is burger it a place. Is burger? No, it's all meat. Um, the, the fries are cooked in beef fat. Oh my it's god! It's so good, dude. It's in Silver Lake. It's so good. Have you ever? Oh, I have heard of it. Have you ever been to Grill 'Em All? Uh. Uh-uh. It's in Alhambra. It's a, it's a hamburger place that's heavy metal themed. Oh wow! Like all the burgers are named after bands and stuff, but it's, it's like the one that the last time I went there, I think the burger I got was I don't know what it was called, but it was. Instead of a bun, it was two cheese sandwiches. Oh, my God. Like, dude, and it's huge. Like, you have to mash it to get it into your mouth. Yeah. But it's all sorts of shit like that. that it's sounds like awesome. Really gimmicky, but, like, really good. How did Alhambra wind up with, like, the best food in Los Angeles? They have the best Chinese food. They have some of the best Ramen, Mexican food. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And then they have a place called Grill Em All, just because people Grill are em all, dude. doing crazy shit in Alhambra. <laughs> Yeah. Like, if you want to get Peking duck, you have to go to Alhambra. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a very massively, is it Korean uh, population? Know. It may, might be Chinese, but it's... Uh, they like to eat. Great restaurants, yeah. 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 Um, we're going to have to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. I think so. This episode has been super fun and has uh, really gotten my thoughts going on food. <laughs> we did a little food porn. <laughs> oh, we did? A yeah, bit. Oh, yeah. Which is nice it's sometimes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking sit and watch the food network. What did you have for breakfast today? I had a protein shake prior to the gym. And then I had three chicken sandwiches with mustard on 647 bread. Schmidt's old-timey 647 bread. You got to send me a link to that. I mean, I know I can't get it from Amazon, but I'll find it. No, you can. Oh, you can. You can get it from Amazon, but it's like nine bucks a loaf from Amazon, and it's like two bucks at the store. But there's no stores here. No, but if you live in Baltimore, yeah, somebody's got a great scam going. Listen, if you live in Baltimore and you want to open a great business, just charge eight bucks a loaf for Schmidt's old timey bread, and I'll buy it from you. Yeah, or charge three, it's that three good, bucks. So I don't lie. Yeah, yeah. What, what did you make the chicken yourself? Did you yeah, grill just it? Baked it. Baked chicken breast. I don't know. I'm. I don't know how to make chicken. I for a long time was only boiling chicken breasts, and my recipe for boiled chicken breasts was, um. Boneless, skinless breasts in water, cool water, and then whatever kind of flavors you want. Sometimes I'd put ginger, um, uh, sometimes peppercorns, sometimes hot chili flakes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this Mary, Marion spice that I would use that they claim to be the original Colonel's recipe. It's got MSG in it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Sometimes I do that. And then you just put it on a medium, low flame 
bring it to a simmer, turn it down a little bit, low simmer for 15 minutes, turn it off, and they're cooked great. Oh. For a long time, I was doing that. Now, I do 400 degrees in an oven, 35 minutes, they're done. Sometimes slightly overcooked, but who cares? I'm We're so just, paranoid of getting... It's never undercooked. Because I know so many people that have gotten sick from chicken. Really? Yeah, like idiot friends who like prepare it on a board and then make other food on the board. Yeah, it's, it's just like, good. dude. So I, and I, for like 20 years, didn't eat chicken because I thought I was allergic. Right. Which turns out it was not, it was, when I was in college, I started not every time, but every now and then I would eat chicken. And once in a while, my throat would just start closing up and I couldn't, to the point where I couldn't even spit. I couldn't like even burp. That's how tight my throat would close up. And it was only with chicken, not even with turkey. And so I just assumed, I never got it checked, but I was like, well, I'm allergic to chicken. I can't eat chicken. So I just stopped eating chicken. Right. I could eat eggs, but for like 20 years. And then last year, I was hanging out in Joshua Tree with a friend we went on this long hike, and we went back to the Airbnb. The only food was this salad with the grilled chicken breast in it. I was like, oh, I'll just eat around. I'll just eat the salad. And I was still starving. I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to try a little piece. I ate it. I was fine. Another. And then I just devoured it. I'm like, fuck, I love chicken. Chicken. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I have been missing chicken. And uh, I think what... It was, is it's a condition called esophageal spasms. I've since gotten it with other foods. Like you eat a food, you eat a food. It's like when you get a Charlie horse in your calf, you wake up in the middle of the night and your leg is just bending back and you're like, ah. Yeah. It's the same thing, but your esophagus just cramps and just tightens up until it's relaxed enough to open up again. It's a hell of a lot better than like anaphylactic shock. Yeah. And I know other people who've had it and the, you can get it treated by going in and the doctor will put a balloon down your throat and slowly inflate it to widen out your esophagus. And I've had friends that have done that and said, I haven't had an issue since just one treatment. I don't know, Steve. I don't know if that's almost as bad as the other treatment we heard about. <laughs> Definitely the other treatments. The other's worse. Oh man. Yeah. I heard an interview with David Sedaris very funny author. He was on Conan O'Brien's podcast. He said there's two type of types of people in the world. Those who've had a camera shoved up their urethra and those who haven't. Yeah. And I was like, fucking A right. Yeah. You could relate. I was like, I am in that club and I wish I wasn't, but it was an experience, man. I cannot imagine. No, you literally can't. I can't. I couldn't. It was for a week leading up to having that thing taken out, I just kept reading about this procedure. And I had an idea in my head, and it was way different. Okay, so like the the anticipation of something awful tends to sometimes be worse than the thing itself. The anticipation was worse, right? Well, that's classic um, Eckhart Tolle who uh, wrote The Power of Now. Yeah. He, uh, you know, talks about living in the moment because if you're anticipating something, thinking, oh, I got to have this meeting with my boss, it's going to be horrible. 
it's never as bad as you make it out to be. Once it happens, you're like, eh, it sucked, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. This still, the same thing. I had it built up to being painful, which it wasn't. It was just weird and awkward and different and shameful. <laughs> but like, it was... The shame is what's terrifying. Yeah, I gotta find a photo. But yeah, it was... Um, yeah, you can't prepare yourself for how insane that shit is. <laughs> it's in my favorites. You cannot prepare yourself at all. Is is shame the same as embarrassment? I think shame's deeper than embarrassment. Okay. It was both. It, I mean, there was definitely elements of pain and shame and embarrassment. Where the fuck is this photo? Shame. What is shame? I know this is like a... Uh, it's just people throw this word around so much now. It's just become one of these words we talk about. And it's like, so if it's deeper than it, so you just feeling, you feel awful about yourself. Well, I, think, I think shame functionally was the mechanism whereby you would feel publicly shunned to some degree for breaking some, for some moral transgression. So okay. that the group all says, you know, promiscuity is bad for whatever reason because there's sexually transmitted diseases or whatever. So then if you're caught being promiscuous, you are you f feel shame because you know the group doesn't like that. Okay. Which I think in is now being rallied against, right? Mm -hmm, yes. Socially, yes. people are not into shame. But I think that's a little different than the feeling of shame that is conjured from having some very intimate experience with a doctor shoving tubes inside of you. Holy fuck. <laughs> no. I'm going to hold this up to this camera. Will it self-focus? Uh, this is our, uh, I mean. What is that? That's, that's the that thing was, that was in my That urethra. lived within him. So an iPhone charging cable. Yeah, that's exactly what that looks Probably like. Probably as long. Also, I failed to but mention. the gadgets the, on the end, too. The curly cues on yeah. the end. That keeps it from sliding out of your urethra. So he pulled it out with the curly cues. Where does that, how far up could that go? It looks like it's like going Into my through. kidney and then down into my bladder. I, I don't I don't so I'm even... sure that it was also rolled up in my bladder. There was slack. Right. Okay. But the the other thing was it was extremely painful when I would urinate because as your bladder empties, it kind of not expands, but contracts, and that contraction would pull on the oh, stent, God. which would pull on your kidneys. So the first time I urinated after the surgery, I thought I was gonna faint because the pain was so excruciating. So for the remainder of the time I had it in me, I would urinate sitting down because I was afraid I was going to pass out from the pain. And, and, and my first go-to would be, I'm just going to urinate as little as possible. Well, here's the other thing. They, they're like, we need you to heal. We need you to keep passing liquids. So you have to drink a lot of water. <laughs> you have to urinate as often as possible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a rough month, man. I am so glad you made it through that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I really am. Me too. Yeah. Oof. 
It does not seem fun. Well, either. here's the other thing. This is I didn't mention this. So this happened after I'd been working out with uh, with Grant. Um, I'd lost like 30 pounds or so. And so I show up for my appointment to have this thing taken out. And the plan was uh, lithotropsy, sound wave lith- lithotropsy, which is way easier. They put you to sleep. They lay you on a table that fires shock waves, sound waves into your kidney they pinpoint it and it breaks it up from outside. The shock waves go in and they shatter it, and you just pass dust basically. And no risk of shattering a bone or something. No, no, and also no stent. Like right. it's so fine, it's like dust. You just pee it out for a f- week or so. Yeah. And that was going to be the plan. And I was like, all right. I've had friends who've done it, and they're like, yeah, it's easy. So I show up the morning of the surgery. They weigh me. I'm laying there waiting for the doctor to show up. I meet with the anesthesiologist. The doctor walks in. He looks at my chart. He's like, so you weigh uh, like 198 or whatever it is. I go, yeah. I thought he was impressed. Like, wow, you've lost like 30 pounds. He goes, ah. He goes, that sucks. I go, why? He goes, we can't do the lithotropsy. He's like, you're too heavy for the table. I go, what do you mean? He's like, you have to be under 195. Oh, my God. And I go, dude, give me two days. Right. Give me a day. I can lose this weight, like, easily. He's like, no. He's like, this kidney stone is blocking your ureter right now. He's like, you could get an infection. We have to take it out right now. Right. So he's like, we'll just do a laser. (sighs) So I was, like, three or four pounds from... From just, like, the most cush version of this that could possibly be. Yeah. And I had lost, like, 30 pounds. I was so close. So fucking close. I am never getting this because I will never be that weight, and I will have to get the laser. And that is awful. It seems awful. No, you're you're not—you're light enough you could do— 198? I mean, 290, 290. Oh, I under, wasn't one ninety. I was two ninety. I, I okay, okay. I I can. I can you're good as long as you're that. under two ninety five. <sighs> yeah, yeah. You're okay. good. I've just got way less. Scared. <laughs> way less. Scared. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Okay, good. Two ninety five. Two ninety five. Got to stay under two ninety five. Mm-hmm. That's my na- that's my new life lifetime goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm gonna do that. You do that too. Let's I, do I, that. I talked to a. I, I have a cousin who's in med school and. We are talking about, you know, medical procedures for people who are morbidly obese. And one of the things was, you know, I, I, you know, when I'm having these pains, I'll go in and they'll do like a CT scan where you lay on a table and there's this ring that like goes over your body, scans you. And I asked my cousin who's med school, I go, what do they do for someone who can't fit through the ring? Because that's the thing. And she knows of people who have had to be go to like SeaWorld and do CT scans that are for like sharks and walruses and whales. That are just built for those large mammals. I'm like, they should just make bigger ones for people because that's... We're getting bigger. We as people are getting progressively bigger. Yeah. You know, pretty soon coach seats on an airplane aren't going to work for the majority of the population. It is a drag flying... 
as you know, is a drag. Yeah. It's never been fun. It's certainly more fun the smaller you get. But even like, you're six foot seven. It's yeah. coach is never going to be fun for you ever. No. And they just pack, you know, they, I remember being younger and flying, not being so bad. And that's because they've added more rows. Like they've just compressed more seats in there to make more money. Yeah. And it's, it's not okay. <laughs> it's It's wild. Like even I've flown what they now call comfort class, which is the seats are a little bit wider. Yeah. There's still three in a row, but they're a little bit wider, but there's no more legroom. It's still the same amount of or it's the opposite. There's more legroom, but that's still in there. I forget yeah. what what it is, but it's they've it's, in, they've given you a little bit a couple inches in some direction. Yeah. Yeah. Not it's okay. Not, no good. They need to take Rose out. Ugh. <laughs> Do you remember when you could get on a plane and like not have anyone next in the whole row and you could lay in the row? Like yeah. this was before they started just doing mass transit on plane. I have this theory of like I'll fly to San Francisco a lot to do stand-up, and every now and then you get to the airport and they're like, oh, your flight was canceled, and you're like, the weather's like 80 degrees and fine in San Francisco and here. And I have this theory is that they didn't sell all the seats on the plane. Right. And they're like, well, it's not we cost effective that for anymore. us. Yeah. So we're going to wait until we, we have a flights. packed flight. I thought that was true too, but I did a TV show in San Francisco and very, very soon stopped flying to San Francisco. I fly to Oakland. Oakland, always. Yeah, okay. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because San Francisco, they you do lose a lot of flights. Going San, Francisco San Francisco gets more fog in general and shittier weather, which is weird because it's just literally one side of the bay from each other. Yeah, but I Oakland will is always, a wonderful airport. I will always fly to Oakland over yeah. San Francisco. By the way, Burbank to Oakland, that's an easy flight. Less than an hour. Yeah. It's great. And then you're not like going through some awful gigantic airport like lax or sfo yeah yeah both too big it's glorious yeah all right good steve <laughs> thank you so much thanks for coming. man i appreciate it yeah. i'm glad we finally made it work <sighs> i've been trying for a while yeah well you're you're a man about the world i try <laughs> <laughs> and now for some q a this question is from joel joel writes what to do once you hit a weight you're comfortable with and a process for maintaining that. I am having slash have had success with keto and intermittent fasting, but whenever I get near my goal, it just goes out the window and the cycle repeats. Thank you, Joel. Great question. I build in maintenance periods to any weight loss cycle. So I haven't just gone from whatever my heaviest was straight down in a direct line to my goal. I know people have done that and I say good for them. That hasn't worked for me. Uh, but in between the beginning and whatever I foresee the end to be, there are periods built in there where I will have to maintain my weight for a couple months. I am actually in the midst of a maintenance period right now. I do this for a multitude of reasons, um, not the least of which uh, that dieting is stressful to your body. 
just the act of losing weight is stressful to your body and your hormones and giving it a break to kind of settle down is a good idea so that the, then the, when you proceed, weight loss is actually easier. So I am doing maintenance right now. I, I imagine that, uh, this kind of maintenance that I'm doing now would be the same as if I was at my goal and I just wanted to maintain it. Um, because the whole point is I'm at this weight. I now want to exist at this weight for, you know, for me, it's a certain period of time for, but if this was my goal weight, it would be, this is the weight I want to be at forever. Um, which no, that's not true because then I would just set a goal of like, I want to build muscle. So that's my new goal, but I would, I would hit this maintenance period either way. And with keto and intermittent fasting, I don't, I mean, you would just have to figure out what you would have to eat to stay the weight you're eating, you're, you're at, and then keep eating that. I don't, I don't, I hadn't really done a maintenance period on keto or intermittent fasting, but for how it works on what I'm doing is I figure out what my macros are. That is basically protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And I, I wouldn't necessarily increase my protein because I'm kind of maxed out there. So what I do increase for maintenance are carbohydrates and fats and, and if after the first week I've gained weight, I'm, I'm going to have to pull that back a little bit. Now, if you increase your carbohydrates, your body's going to hold on to more water. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're gaining fat. So if there's a fluctuation, I go like if I'm 260 today, a couple pounds on either side of 260 is okay. So after a week, I, I weigh myself a couple times that week and two pounds either side of that is totally fine. Maybe even three pounds either side of that. But if it starts to creep up, then I have to reduce my carbohydrates and fat a little bit to bring it back. And you just fine tune until you figure out what your, what your food intake is allowed to be to maintain. I recommend doing that kind of maintenance period in the middle of a diet. Um, and I assume it would be the same at the end of a diet. Um, and then you got to take into consideration if you have super active days that are much more active than normal life, you might need to increase your food consumption on those days just to balance that out. But I don't think there's ever going to be a universe for me where I get to the end of the diet and then I just don't have to think about what I eat anymore. Now, I will say that from day one of my maintenance period, which was about six weeks ago to today, there is a lot less thought in it. Day one, I was really thinking about everything I ate because it was different than what I was eating while I was cutting weight, while I was losing fat. So... I wanted to dial it in. Once it was dialed in, it becomes kind of a routine and it, it requires less thought than when I'm still figuring it all out.
but for keto and intermittent fasting, if you're doing either of those and then you hit your weight and you just eat whatever you want, um, you probably will just gain the weight back. Um, so I don't know if, uh, if this is a, a, a very depressing outlook that you realize that even when you get to the end of the diet, it requires more dieting, but it does, it requires some responsibility because obviously whatever we did that preceded needing a diet, if we just go back to doing that, we will need a diet again. That is my answer to you, Joel. If you have questions that you would like me to answer, please write in to americanglutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.